0: This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food, and drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area; there's normally a game on and a nice group of people there, or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather; they have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Delicious food and drinks awaiting for you. I'll see you at the Lodge. 3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 folks you are listening to the john DePetro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's a.m 1380 99.9 9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com it's time for our segment politics this week joining us He's the managing editor at dot It is It is Justin Katz. Justin, I'd like to start off. We'll uh, go through Governor McKee, his big state of the state, and some of his budget budget items. But something to me that is um, – it, it, I think it shows real insight is to the real limited capabilities of both the governor and his staff. And that is that governor had been hinting about big uh, tax cuts and making things more tax-friendly, and then he makes the big announcement. Rhode Island is an outlier with sales tax, with the highest in New England at 7%, Massachusetts, Connecticut closer to 6 and the governor comes out and says, almost enthusiastically, actually, that he uh, wants to propose to lower it to 6.85%. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish I was in the conference room when that was coming out, but anyhow, I'd like to start off by hearing some of your thoughts on that.
1: Well, I, I think that that actually you you put your finger right on one of the key problems we have in Rhode Island uh, with our politics and their economy and so on. He's looking at this as all Rhode Island politicians do, as a, as sort of a a handout, right? When they, we're going to give you uh, 0.15 off your sales tax, and that adds up to whatever. Uh, hundred million for across the state. So at most a hundred bucks for everybody who lives here, um, which is is pretty ludicrous. That's not the way you want to look at tax policy. What you have to look at is how it affects the overall economy. No business is going to open because the sales tax reduced by 0.15%. That's just not why you would do that policy. But I think it really gets to how they think it's all right. So I have to shore up my, my taxpayer uh support so let me let me redo let me give them something and that's how all politics operates in Rhode Island and that's why we're in the condition it is um, when we looked at when I was with the Rhode Island Center for Freedom and Prosperity and we used an economic model to estimate uh, the effects of different tax policies we looked specifically at this question and we th- we recommended getting rid of the sales tax altogether uh but the, the sweet spot that we found was a 3% sales tax was where you would make, you would boost the economy and make back a lot of the money because the economy was, was boosting. You would have more income tax and so on and so forth. That was kind of the sweet spot. So in my mind, unless you're going to 3%, th- there's no reason even talking about it. It's just, you know, all right, it's nice. It's a, it's like another gimme. You might as well treat us like, you know, this is the taxpayer group. This is the labor union. These are the environmentalists the taxpayers get their 0.15 percent it's just it's just a silly way to
0: to go about policy again i, I don't have a great analogy for it but justin what's hard to fathom it just shows me noticed there was no it doesn't sound like uh that there was any business leader that was that was in the room with them and and you know that he would have mentioned and you know did the whole thing why don't you stand up and take a bow that they were behind this This there was no, obviously there's no reaction from the quote, greater Providence, shame or commerce, not that they're effective, but to me, it just illustrated that. And it's what kind of what you and I have been saying is that I just don't think they, they don't have a clue of what would be important to business. What would really move the needle uh, to me? This is not a group. It, it's just kind of reminiscent of you've seen the the movie Moneyball where Brad Pitt, you know, was playing Billy Bean and he's in the room with the scouts and he realizes that they all just think the same thing. They all say the same thing, but no one really knows what the problem is of how they're going to identify what the problem is. And I think that really illustrates it, that the first thing they think about is how is that going to impact spending because of the lack of revenue? They don't think about how it could benefit, A, the businesses or B, the consumers,
1: Right. There's no. There's no guiding philosophy. It's. It's the. No. They they want to give out as much as they can to get support while shoring up the spending. And I think really the problem is, I mean, a lot of, I have a feeling it wouldn't take them long to understand the problems and what businesses need, but those, those solutions are all off the table. It's just, it's across the board, education, economy, the the solutions are off the table because they affect other special interests. And we're just not going to do it. We're not going to take the risk of reducing the sales tax to 3% or lower. We're not going to do that because what, what might, Happen if we don't get that revenue, then we won't be able to give the labor unions their piece of the pie. We won't be able to buy off the progressives with this, that, or the other thing. Uh, that and the, all these insiders, we've spent all these decades cultivating, as a in giving them no choice but to go along with whatever we want. We we might start to lose them if we can't buy them off. And frankly, that's that's characterized McKee's candidacy, as we've discussed many times. He just he bought his way into the state house this oh, yeah. time around, and so cool. that it's just right there. You you can't give away the money are using to buy votes. And that's that's just how they think about it. There's no no philosophy at all behind it.
0: You know, notice, and again, folks, our segment is Politics This Week with us is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorizing.com. Justin, and especially this comes on the heels of, I mean, record $600 million surplus. And just so people understand, that means we're clearly way overtaxed. Uh, no one, no, nothing even floated of sending money back. No one thinks that, gee, maybe we should even cut the workforce maybe we should do less spending um i don't want to spend too much time with it but i'm just curious your thoughts also on on his on his budget and what he regards as should be priorities you know with this budget uh what would he views it it's really um it's really a shame that we have someone uh, as inept as this governor in charge at a time when there is so much money and you could truly make impact in the direction of the state. Um, but just the rest of his budget, there's there's nothing that talks about making the state more business friendly, uh, competitive. We'll get to the education thing in a moment, but anything stand out uh, to you from the rest of his state of the state or his budget?
1: No, no nothing stands out and I think that that's the problem there, there's really no vision you could tell this was built from the politics backwards okay who are all the interest groups? How do I say something that pleases them? it was it was completely an empty speech it was just um, name some people to make it seem human I name a bunch of minuscule policies a few policy priorities that I know are politically popular with certain groups bing 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 it's our turn all right see you later and he delivers it he always looks annoyed to be wherever he is it seems to me and so there's, yeah, there's and that's just in keeping cuz maybe he knows that, that he's just giving dry pabulum that, that nobody's really going to take seriously it's just yeah there's there's nothing really to talk about cuz he doesn't he doesn't attack any he doesn't have a vision or a strategy or, it's just play the game by our votes
0: yeah in the thing that is not said is i th- I think he realizes, as you say, he needs all that surplus money because now he's going to fulfill all these campaign promises that are very expensive, that are about to come to. Now I am curious, uh, Justin, to hear your thought on it was State Senator Jessica De La Cruz who's the minority leader in the Senate, and she was chosen to give the um, you know the Republican response to Governor McKee it was it was Blake Filippi last year, and he you know really did a great job. It's unfortunate that. The local media doesn't pick up on the fact that, you know, I remember clearly last year, people were like, wow, who is that? And can I vote for him for governor? And I I think if the local media does anything, they don't give enough of a voice to the Republican Party. Anyone that speaks the opposite. Uh, But I'd like to hear your thoughts on minority leader Jessica de la Cruz that gave the the, you know, the response to the, the McKee state of the state. Well, her,
1: simply her her presence and, and presentation do, and the lack of coverage of it, and they do expose the hypocrisy or the the, the 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 scam, the the illusion that the media cares about a lot of these women's rights and and minorities versus you know white male McKee from, from, from a privileged background. They, that's all just lip service. They, they, they need to ignore the Republican because that's just the story they tell. Uh, but as far as her speech, I, I thought it was, I thought it was good. I think she hit on some good themes, but yeah. it was really striking me between McKee's speech and hers and then some other issues. I think some of which we'll talk about. Geez, it's the Republicans are being pulled into this Democrat game. So it wasn't, there was no really, no strong contrary vision so much. It was right. on sales tax, we should go to five percent. You know, it's just a, it's just negotiating. And we'll we'll give you a little bit more of a, a moderate conservative view. And that might be the end policy you end up with, but I don't think it's the it's where you where you want to start. I think they they really need to start going after the the what the real problems are and, and offer the conflicting vision. Because you know I'm noticing that the, the Democrats and and progressives they really less and less even are talking about what they believe and what they want for the future because they can't because that would get them that would get them out of office right away they can't tell you what they're where they're headed and i think that's where Republicans have an opportunity that they keep missing but if they're gonna if they're gonna try to say yeah we'll just do things a little better you know they don't as a party, not Jessica, but as a party, they don't really have credibility for that because they're not in power. They haven't been in power for a long time and they don't have any shining person who everybody goes, yeah, that's a credible person who could run the state um, single-handedly if need be. You know, they, So they, I think that they're making a mistake by, by trying to do that, that you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do a little bit more. We'll focus a little more on business. We'll, we'll give a little more choice as our education solution. That kind of negotiation, I think, is not where these speeches need to be at this point.
0: Folks, quick break. What's more ahead? Politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, at anchorising.com, right here on The John DePietro Show. Get the most of your outdoor space with limitless outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401 580 1852. Limitless Outdoors. They specialize in patios, walkways, steps. They did a fantastic job on my outside steps. Outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation. Call Limitless Outdoors today. Let's dream, build, and enjoy. 401 580 1852. Based in Smithfield, Limitless Outdoors they also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces limitless outdoors call them today free quote get the most of your outside you're gonna love what they can do for you 401-580-1852 401-580-1852 limitless outdoors dream build enjoy you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website com. certainly seems like winter a little bit more on this tuesday january 24th happy birthday to my oldest sister jane gallagher but look at the snow there is snow on the ground i don't think it's going to last that long and it wasn't a lot but it certainly makes it feel a little bit more like winter folks i want to um just start off and touch on you know where we are as far as the state and look at the amount of attention that they gave yesterday to this quote you know train station that's going to be in Central Falls Pawtucket and then going uh, basically taking more people to work out of Rhode Island and into Boston it was um I don't know. It was, and Governor McKee and all the leaders were there. And it, it, to me, it was like something out of Little House on the Prairie, right? I mean, w- what year is it, in fact, that they're all excited about this, about a train station coming in? <laughs> a train, not even anything high tech. I mean, you look on the news and they're they're talking about, you know, Amazon's going to start doing drone deliveries and and it was such a huge deal. The Pawtucket Central Falls Transit Center opens, connects region to major hubs. Well, you know, what's what's the major hub? Providence? My God, this is like, it's like an episode of Andy Griffith with Mayberry when uh, Andy and Barney are going to go have, they go to Mount Pilot and have lunch. And, and Barney, they go to a French restaurant, Barney insists on ordering in French and he end up ordering snails by accident i mean they were all gathered around you do you think is this like 1830 um i the train i mean again i I, i'm not knocking it but notice that the train isn't bringing people into work it's just getting what they're basically saying is all the people that commute to boston and leave their car in north attleboro or in attleboro now you can just leave it at Pawtucket central falls it still doesn't I, I i and just like the excitement around it you would think that this like you know the railroad came through it's kind of like um you'd see in the old west remember like Gunsmoke. even though i was little i've watched the reruns but you find a ghost town and it's because once the you know the train went in somewhere else it, it no longer stopped and people didn't go through there but this was the channel 10 piece on the big train station that
2: left the station around 4:20 this morning giving people a new stop on their commute or an easier way to get to boston the first trains of the day made their first stops at the Pawtucket central falls transit center monday morning one group of excited passengers set their alarms to be the first ones aboard this is the first time we've had a new train station open in a while and i wasn't going to miss out you know basically uh, monday morning get up at four o'clock in the morning sure why not the $63 million project was paid for with both state and federal funding. It was supposed to be completed last summer but was delayed due to labor and supply chain issues. It's estimated the station will see over 500 boardings each day. It'll be nice for people to be able to get to Boston without having to take the bus to Providence or to, uh, to Attleboro. Just being able to, you know, for a lot of people, walk here, get on the train and go where they're going. State and local officials took the train from Providence this morning to celebrate the opening with a ribbon-cutting ceremony. Senator Jack Rees says this will be a game changer for these cities and the entire state of Rhode Island.
0: This is not just about transit. This is about economic development. This transit center will spur development in Pawtucket and Central Falls.
2: Pawtucket Mayor Don Grebian says the station is already having a major impact on the city. Business and developers are already recognizing and investing in the new transit hub in the area and will provide easy and desirable what access a newspaper to stand? affordable development and rental costs.
0: Hot dog stand? our
2: residents to Providence Coffee? and Coffee? introducing those, resident, those residents to us. In Pawtucket, Allegra Zaymore, NBC10 News.
0: Again, I'm not, I, I mean, what this really came down to was they got this federal money it was a very expensive project, as you heard, uh, and just another no-bid contract for the laborers to build. But then you look look at Wickford Junction, right? There was a lot of bells and whistles when that thing opened. And what has that resulted in? Nothing. I, I mean, has that brought economic development to Wickford? No. Has that rejuvenated the area? No. As a matter of fact, if you, if you take the train from there, all this does now is more and more— Rhode Island is really just a bedroom community to Boston and they're going to make it easier if you live in Pawtucket and Central Falls we want to make it easier for you to get to work in Boston (laughs) so you can so you can actually work there they're not going to bring any jobs local but my god the excitement and not only that they didn't time it correctly and Governor McKee then they were all waiting to take the train back to Providence right so they all got on at the providence train station they left from the state house they take the what I, I don't know how long is it is it 10 minutes at the most uh train from um from providence now to Pawtucket central falls and um and governor key wouldn't even wait so then he just jumped in his suv well you know that that's the problem it is just easy the people then could just take their their vehicle in their car he couldn't even wait it out for that they couldn't even plan it like that you would think maybe, I don't know, just have a special train for everyone that took it from the statehouse to then just get it there. But then you you know you look at Wickford train station that garage at the Wickford uh, junction, Wickford train station, Wickford junction as it's called. I I think that garage can hold thirty five hundred cars. And what has it ultimately been used for? It's really just been used for during COVID and i've gone there uh they test you there you can drive up you didn't have to get out of your car you had to drive all the way up through the garage it's a beautiful new garage and you they would do COVID testing that's how they were utilizing the wickford junction i come back to i remember when that opened what did they talk about oh it's going to bring economic development this is going to be huge for the area blah 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 now the problem with that is it doesn't even run on weekends it um it's it just then goes to tf green i have not heard about a lot of people listen i'm all for making it as easy as possible to get around i get that and less people on the road and and so forth but you know i i I also there's still is there something that could take people and get them downtown i don't see any effort is trying to try to bring in any any jobs any companies all they're seemingly doing is we accept the fact that most people in the state are going to work outside of the state and so therefore we want to make it as easy as possible and as convenient as possible for them to take a train and then go work in uh, in massachusetts in the in the boston area at south shore now again for some people uh and i again i i know people that they they drive at the attleboro train station it's right there you take the last exit exit 2a in rhode island that's the same exit you take if you want to go to competition shooting supplies and then there's the attleboro train station and there are plenty of people they go there uh it's more affordable it's that much closer and there's there's a lot of traffic there are people so maybe maybe now though people instead of going there they'll park Pawtucket, Central Falls. So, but I, I I, don't know, just the amount of money that was spent, I still come back to, um, and I'm not saying everything has to be high tech, but the amount of excitement around that, I, I don't know. Does that really breed economic development? I, I think you could make an argument an airport does, make it easier for people to get in somewhere. I believe they should do everything possible to improve whatever we're calling it these days rhode island international airport tf green hillsgrove the airport whatever i also believe you know years ago there was um there was a the head of the airport kevin Dillon, and he talked about something that's completely underused is the airport of quonset quonset should actually be part of the the airport and you could run commercial flights out of there and out of quonset you could run uh international flights a big part of that is you have to have the runway a certain length uh because of the the planes that are flying whether it's coast to coast or flying international they you know the larger planes they need a long runway and i know that's been an issue at uh at hillsgrove at warwick at whatever tf green at green airport so but that was never you know expanded i i thought that made the most sense where you get on a rail you want to talk about a rail where you take the rail uh many times you go to different airports whether it's you know atlanta's big on that i've um flown into denver actually even in germany where you you get on a a rail car you ride for a while the airport is massive and it it could have been a rail car that brings you, you could just call it like terminal c which is really quonset and then you know That's where connecting flights are people who just drive there and maybe once a day or twice a week or a couple times a week, direct flights to London, uh, back and forth, direct flights, San Francisco, Los Angeles, wherever, expanded there. Everything I thought didn't have to go out of green, but they certainly didn't do that. All right, folks, it's Tuesday. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. for over 125 years ameriprise financial has provided advice for clients unique goals help millions of americans retire on their terms now as we're at the end of the year beginning of a new year why not take advantage of our free consultation call tom bryan today ameriprise financial 401 434 1510. Offices located 400 Massasoit Avenue in East Providence put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for for you through a personal one on one relationship. Call Tom Bryan today, AmeriPrize Financial Advisors, 401 434 1510. Get solid advice. Get a plan, whether it's for yourself, you and a spouse, maybe your children or grandchildren. Take advantage of this free consultation, AmeriPrize Financial, 401-434-1510. Call right now, 401-434-1510. Tom Bryan, AmeriPrize Financial Advisors. The Cuy set in. 226 Coesit Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island Tradition, since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast, is waiting for you at the Coesit Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesit Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesit Inn. healthy stop it and see Marie at it's my health 10.99 Menden Road in Cumberland you can also look for her on Facebook but call her 401 305 3585 you know the building it's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport restaurant it's my health what do you find inside well first of all great service great selection Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie 401 305 3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant.